Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right, rolling along here. Final hour on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Larry Kruger. We got some phone calls to get to here momentarily as we uh, sort through some of the great moments of 2022. Look ahead to 2023. Warriors and Blazers coming up here on 95.7 The Game. And uh, also, if you don't have plans for New Year's Eve, you can join uh, Bay Area radio legend Chewy Gomez from 1021 Jams and the great DJ Mind Motion this Saturday. That's New Year's Eve as they host the biggest New Year's Eve party in the South Bay. That's at the San Jose Marriott. Uh, you're thinking about it, Larry. I can I'm, tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm calling Chewy as we speak. Yeah, don't miss out. For tickets, more information, go to taylorrocks.com. Or you can call 408-690-5999. That's taylorrocks.com. Or call 408-690-5999 for uh, some New Year's Eve fun. Not to be confused with Taylor Rooks. No. Taylor Rooks. Didn't he play for Arizona? Sean Rooks. Sean Rooks. And then Taylor Rooks is a reporter. I think she's part of the Thursday night on Prime, if I remember correctly. Okay. Maybe. All right. I thought I saw her last night. I was watching the Titans and the... And the Cowboys after getting home. Not a great game for anybody last night. <laughs> wasn't I mean the Cowboys got the win, but uh, eh, the Cowboys didn't look particularly good in that game. The one thing about Dallas is Dallas turns it over. My goodness, yeah, watch that'll get you beat in the playoffs. I mean, Dak Prescott was twenty nine of forty one, two eighty two, two touchdown passes, but two picks and a lost fumble. He single handedly had three turnovers. The guys had ten picks in like the last six games so that everybody's saying dallas 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 goo if you're listening well, he's uh, not goo's <laughs> one of the guys that's not actually he's not in he's on down Cowboys. on jack he thinks they're he one and done be. he thinks they're one and done well they just gave up seven yards a pop on the ground to jacksonville so they don't they don't stop the run we, we've the been Niners, going back and forth the last like all the last few weeks like he he is out on dak and he thinks they're gonna they're one and done like really? it's gonna be disappointment all right yeah I like the I like the sound of that. So I like we'll, the sound of that. We'll we'll see how it shakes when, out. When Goo, uh, you know, jumps ship, that means most of the Cowboy fans are jumping ship. Yeah, no doubt. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get to Jim. Appreciate you holding through the top of the hour break here on ninety five seven. The game. What's going on, Jim? Hey, Jim, you there? Jim, my man, Jim. Wow. <laughs> Jim going once. Jim going twice. Uh, Jim held through the break and then not ready to roll. Un- unfortunate. Robin in San Francisco. Robin's always ready. What's going on, Robin? Hi, you guys. First of all, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, Happy New Year to both you and Larry. It's the reason why I called. And also, I want to say, I was having a little fun with the, um, I guess, your producer. Right. Uh, I tried to guess the yeah, I try to guess who they are by their voices because the producer, you know, sometimes they change. So uh, I discovered he was Cameron and I said he was Greg or something. But we were having fun because I was telling him, <laughs> don't, you know, you know, don't uh, be insulted by that because I even call my kids by their wrong name. He started laughing and he said, so does his mom. Um, so I called the girls, the boys' names, the boys, the girls, uh, and vice versa. And they always say, you know, mom, not that person. And I always tell them, but I'm looking at you. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, I don't. Hey, Robin, don't feel bad. My wife does the same thing. You know, she. You know, we have four kids. She she names virtually all of them. Uh, anytime she's calling one of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, first of all, I mean, one thing that you should know is that Looney this year is playing 22 minutes a game plus, right? He's playing over 22 minutes a game. That is his highest minute total of his career. So I think they're just looking at him, knowing how valuable he is. I mean, he's he's truly one of the real valuable pieces. Um, and just trying to limit his minutes as much as they possibly can so that when this thing is really decided in May and June, that he's out there on the floor. I think that's... That's what I. That's my takeaway, JD. Uh, I, I just think that they see his minutes and they just want to make sure that he's there at the end. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And he's had some issues. And Robin, happy New Year to you as well. Thank you for everything. All right, Rob. Am I still here? Yeah, you're still here, Robin. You're still here. Go ahead. You can finish. Okay, wait, finish up. What, one last thing. One last thing, and then I'm off. Listen, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> has to be strawberry jelly. Has to, it doesn't necessarily have to be jippy. I grew up off that. But I use Santa Cruz creamy peanut butter. And then this is what's going to get you guys. You're going to say no. But I'm sorry. It's got to be a white Wonder Bread. Because unless the bread sticks to the roof of your mouth, it's no good. Bye, you guys. Thank you. No, thanks, Robert. That The, the white... The Wonder Bread, that's I'm I'm good with that. Oh, I'm, I'm that's, that's I grew up with that. I'm not a bread snob. Uh, I'll go Wonder Bread. I'll go Kilpatrick's. Whatever the I don't care. Yeah, Which, Wonder Wonder Bread's a good call. You know, that's fine. I, I, you know, though you know I I you know I've 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 my wife's more into healthy bread. You know, healthy yeah. bread. You know, maybe like a, a wheat or you can't go rye. I mean, no, oh, rye. no, 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 rye, no, rye. no, rye is for that. So that's, that's for, for like, your like Reuben sandwich. Right, exactly. That's for a uh, salami, maybe a little mustard. Yeah, yeah you can't. Maybe a, you cut up a Polish sausage or something and you put that in your rye. Yeah, you, you yeah. can't go rye, peanut butter and jelly. No, absolutely not. Uh, peanut butter, bananas and honey from the 510. That's the ticket. That, that sounds not bad. How about peanut butter on a bagel? But there, you know, you got leakage issues you if you that. got the big hole in the middle. You could do that, but you could, yeah, you just, you just got to make sure you get your spread, your spread straight. You better have some coordination to your spread. Yeah. yeah. You got to make sure you spread it, spread it appropriately. <laughs> right. Uh, going back to Looney, I think they're, and I'm just looking at the recent games, 26 against Utah, 18 Charlotte, 23 Memphis, 17 Brooklyn. And I think when there's been some of those blowout games on the road, 19 Milwaukee, uh, some of those games they've tried to cut minutes. There, there's some games where I think they really need him. I think you're right. They want to make sure he's healthy at the end. I also think there are nights where the Warriors do want to play smaller, then, and that that helps. You know, they feel that's an, an advantage for them to be able with the shooting and some of the playmakers that they have. To to everybody always says match up with the opposition's big. The Warriors often want to run that big off the floor by by spreading them out and making them unable to to guard and to have to cover a lot of ground with players that are moving and cutting and shooting all over the place. So sometimes those are the games where Looney can be more of a liability, but he's top to bottom one of their one of their big trusted glue guys more than I think he even gets credit for. Oh yeah. I mean, you talk to Steve Kerr, I mean, Kerr has a huge affinity for the man he calls Loon. He likes to call him Loon. I, you know, when I saw him come out of UCLA, I thought, there is no chance, no way that Kevon Looney will be able to run up and down an NBA floor and play 82 games in a regular season and remain healthy. I just thought, no chance. Especially when he had those early injuries and it was like, is this guy... He had the hip stuff. Had a hip problem. He, he looks kind of pained at times when he's mm-hmm. moving around. And I just thought, no way. It's not going to happen. And last year he played every single game. And let's be totally honest about it. We talk about Steph, we talk about Clay, we talk about Wiggins and all these different. They don't win last year. 
without Kevon Looney. There's just no doubt in my mind. No, they, they don't. And he was dealing with the neuropathy issue, too, back before the, the pandemic and that one year. I mean, it, there were some that thought his career could potentially be in jeopardy going back to that the 15 and, and 50 year. With He mentioned the fact that he, he ended up changing his diet and really worked hard to, to kind of correct the, the neuropathy issue and and made made some changes that, that helped make him more durable. He does a lot of yoga now as well. He's an incredible player. Um, I mean, he's a student of the game, JT, or J, uh, JD. Uh, from the standpoint of, I love what he, he can defend inside. He's got great length. And he doesn't take any real false steps, right? So, so he, you know, he's always in position, but then he's got such crazy long uh, arms that he can close out on perimeter shooters and defend the paint. So, how many guys can do that? How many guys can actually be defending the paint and then still be able to extend and bother perimeter shooters? And he he knows exactly where to position himself, so he's got both areas covered. He's just a really underrated quality basketball player. Have you seen, and we've, we've this has made the rounds at different points, Alan Stiles was the guy that hit me to it, but have you watched any of his uh, high school footage? No. Like going, it's, it's a treat. I'll, I'll text it to you. It's something you can do, you know, when you get home tonight, but I'll text you the Kevon Looney senior year of high school. He, he grew up and played in the Milwaukee area uh, before going to UCLA, but he, he looks like a, looks like a, a Kevin Durant. Like he looks like a, right. he's got, a, he's got a beautiful, he had a beautiful outside shot. And he, he handled it that much. and he handled it. And he was, I mean, he was like crossing guys over and hitting pull up jumpers. And I mean, it's, it's yeah. For those of you that haven't seen it, and you you want to have a little fun, just kind of looking at the the player that Looney was at one point compared to the player that he's become. Like really, oh, he's so efficient. Yeah. He knows how to position. You his can body. see the guard skills though in his ability to defend and his intelligence. I think in how to to run an offense and 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 be able to be a ball handler out on the perimeter, even as a as a passer and a screener. Like he's he's sharp. But yeah, he was somebody that was projected to be a guy that could really fill it up going from high school to to college. Well, he's emerged as this very dependable role player. And, you know, you say, who's the center on the Dynasty Warriors? It's Kevon Looney. I mean, they're hoping Wiseman can emerge as as that player in time. But, man, Looney does so many things that Kerr likes and respects and it's just he you know it, it's he's a he's a really underrated uh, you know cog in their wheel all right i just shot you a text with that while you were talking there so you can you can check that out uh, at some point the kevon looney high school highlights. yeah kevon looney senior season mixtape <laughs> the ucla commit ready ready to roll getting it done in milwaukee uh let's go to tracy and tracy uh next year on 95.7 the game what's up tracy hey how you doing gentlemen Good, good. What's on your mind? Happy, happy New Year to you and much love, man. I, you know what I'm going to say? Kevon Looney, much respect for him. And I'm going to tell you, the last couple years, what has really helped him with his ailments and everything, I'm going to give you a little inside information. A friend of mine is one of the sports medicine uh, doctors. Right. Acupuncture, man acupuncture sports minutes and acupuncture my friend my homeboy mine good man he's also he also works for the 49ers but it's been the acupuncture really that, that worked that yeah you might want to check up i mean i, I don't but i don't want to put my boy on front street my you know my friend on front street but the acupuncture you know he, he does personal you know, he does personal, you know, visits to him and, and helps him. the acupuncture, man, because he helped me. It's changed my life. I had some issues in my life yeah. with ailments and everything. And the acupuncture, this dude is the bomb. His clinic, Oakland, Oakland Community Acupuncture. Chris Randall, he's the bomb, bro. You know, that, you know, it's interesting you say that because Thanks, Tracy. I had uh, disc problems in my back. You know, this is talking about twenty years ago, and 
I mean, I had so much pain and it was ridiculous. It was like a sciatica pain. It was really bad. I'd never had, I had, I basically started picking up all the toys when I had little kids all at once. We were trying to sell our house. I picked up all these toys and I, 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 I basically blew out a disc in my back. Kind of a similar thing that I think Kerr had, but his might have been elective. Um, and before I had the surgery, I just, I couldn't get over the pain and I went to an acupuncturist out in the East Bay. And between the needles and the hot rocks, and you know, it just it just loosened up. You know, a lot of times your back pain is tied to your hamstrings, and the acupuncture really did work for me. It gave me a ton of relief. So I, I told, I mean, for these guys who run up and down, you know, they're seven feet tall and they're running up and down nightly on hardwood floors. That's never good for your discs in in your back. And I would imagine uh, you, you're doing you're looking for a relief any way you can get it. I bet I don't doubt that he uses acupuncture. Sure. No, wouldn't wouldn't be a surprise. Again, I know he's he's big into yoga as well. I think Steve Kerr's mentioned the fact that that he'll come in to to get ready for a practice you know, hours before, kind of prepping the day. And, and Looney will already be in the gym, kind of going through his own own yoga routine to make sure he's he's limber and, yeah. and loose and, and and ready to go. And and yeah, I mean it's it's prolonged his career to the point where I mean really two quality contracts with with the Warriors here over the last five, six years, and he's been a part of, what, three three championship teams? or two, I guess, yeah, three championship teams, right? I yeah, believe. three of the four, yeah, uh, I, mean, I guess. You know, yeah, 18 for sure. He was banged up in 19 of the finals. He was playing through a rib injury and, and things like that, and the, and the one that they didn't win then obviously helped them in, in 22. I mean, he knows how to play. The other thing that it's, it's you know, it's one thing to play with the ball, but man, when you play off the ball and you're trying to be effective in the half court and you are you don't have the ball in your hands, that means your footwork, your positioning, your screen setting, your timing on your screens, all these things come into play. And he's just, he's perfected it. He absolutely has. And if you look at his numbers, they don't look like much. 6.5 points a game, 7.8 rebounds a game is pretty good. He's almost up at three assists per game. But he's a very valuable guy. You know, and they list him at six nine, but he probably plays more like a seven footer. Um, you know, he's he's just he's really a, a very underrated player for them. John Dickinson and Larry Kruger, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero in for Damon and Ratto here on a Friday Warriors Live coming up at the top of the six o'clock hour as the Warriors and Trailblazers go at it. No James Wiseman for the Warriors in this one. Uh, left ankle sprain. Andrew Wiggins remains out along with Steph Curry. Andre Iguodala. Jamichael Green as well uh, with a uh, right lower leg infection. Uh, did you see this Blaine Gabbert story? Uh, Larry. I so, did. I yeah. did. So, so Blaine Gabbert saved a bunch of people? Yeah, Blaine Gabbert was out, I guess, on jet skis uh, with his brothers and there was a helicopter crash, and and he went to to help out. So let let's let's just hear Blaine Gabbert explain what what was going on here. I vaguely remember hearing a faint noise, and so we turned around, left the yacht club, and I just remember looking to the west and seeing it almost looked like a crew boat in the water that had broken up into about four pieces. And I vaguely remember seeing like two yellow life jackets. So I was like, all right, we got to go check this out. They looked like they were in duress. We raced over there. The youngest kid had just came up and said he was pinned in there, and I asked if anybody else was trapped. And then I called 911, tried to remain as calm as possible. But no, it all turned positive. They were healthy, scared, nervous, but it was a pretty crappy situation that turned good in the end. So I was just right place, right time, I guess. Um, the credit really goes out to Tampa PD, you guys, the fire department, the sheriff's department, because they were there within five seconds. It was pretty remarkable. And we got him. I got two on my jet ski. My brother's got one. The pilot was still in the water, and that was when you guys pulled up. And I dragged him a little bit towards the, the boat, and he got on. And luckily enough, we were probably 250 meters from the beach, so we got him to the beach. Um, the fire department was there; everybody was there, and you know the rest is rest is history. But it wasn't me; it was just my brothers and I out having fun. And the credit goes to these guys because if they weren't there in the nick of time, it could have turned bad. Um, and I'm glad everybody's healthy. Yeah, I mean, just in- insane. You're out just having a good time, and. You hear a little something and you and you race to help. I mean, you think that's not everybody would do that. You, you'd like to think you would. Good dude, yeah. good dude. I got get, got a chance to interview him a couple times when he was here with the Forty Niners. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know, with Tampa. You know, interesting guy when you think about it. I mean, he was the tenth pick overall in the twenty eleven draft, and here we are, twenty twenty two, and he's still playing in the NFL. And 
you know, he's he's only started 48 games of his career. Uh, Arians was hot to trot on him for a while. Thought he was a starter caliber, starting caliber player. Three years in Jacksonville, three years then here in San Francisco, one year in Arizona with Arians. Then he went to Tennessee. Then the last couple of years, he's been backing up Brady in Tampa Bay. But, I mean, talk about a guy. Tenth pick overall, I guess it would be easy to say that Blaine Gabbert was a bust. But now he's 32. He's probably made... Ten, twelve million dollars or more in his career, maybe more. Um, you, know, he, you know, even though he was supposed to be a starting quarterback and it didn't work out, he's found a way to salvage it and you know provide for his family and stick around the league for a decade. Yeah, and, and holding the clipboard now in, in Tampa, and and we'll see what happens. But yeah, Tom Brady. I mean, you you think what ultimately happens in that division? You you you're on. Are you hot on Carolina too? You think Carolina beats him and wins a division? Or I gotta think Brady and the Bucks find a way to squeeze in there. But the, I'll say this: Brady and Mike Evans. I don't know what the issue is there, but those guys that we saw him arguing on yeah, the sideline here. in San Francisco, yeah. and then I've watched Evans the last couple of games, and it's just like his effort on some of these fifty-fifty balls is just pathetic. So I kind of wonder if Tom Brady and Mike Evans just do not see eye to eye. But it's an interesting division because Tampa's seven and six or seven and eight, I should say, and then you got Carolina at six and nine. Carolina beat him the first time, right? And then you got the Saints who have kind of ownage on Tampa. Uh, they're sitting there as well. They still have a shot. So I gotta think Tampa squeezes in. But you know, <laughs> Tampa does, definitely doesn't look. Like a Super Bowl contender, they got no. some good pieces on defense, but offensively, I mean, did you watch any of that game on Christmas between Arizona and Tampa? I did not. No, I had it was up against the Warrior game, so you're, I didn't see. You're much. a better man than I. No. I watched it. I mean, it was that was a tough watch. I mean, seriously, I mean, it was just yeah. a hugely boring football game. That was the one where I thought, all right, I'm going to see. I'll, I'll watch highlights of that one. If I really need to watch it back later, I'll watch it back later, like on the uh, you know the shortcuts where you can watch it in like 30 minutes on, right. the, on the iPad. Uh, but no, I, I didn't see a second of that game because the Warriors were playing and didn't see a second of the Rams game against Denver. I, I watched, that was a, watched all of the Dawson's uh, Packers game, though. Cost Denver their you know, head coach's job. Yeah. I mean, he, they fired him after that game. But yeah, that, that NFC South, it's a shame that one of those teams has to make the playoffs. But Tampa, Carolina, and the Saints. I, if you had asked me earlier this year, I would have thought Atlanta... You know the way Mariota was playing, as good as the Falcons looked against the Niners. I mean, everybody had a had a window really to yeah. win it at one point. Atlanta was playing as well as anybody. Tampa has just been the incumbent that you think is going to win enough games to get it done, and they just haven't yet. The Saints, I thought, you know, defensively looked as good as as anybody against the Niners. They leaned on Winston, and he went down. Now they're leaning yeah. on Dalton. I mean, they, had a, they played a really good game against the Niners. Just couldn't punch it in. Uh, to to the end zone there, and the Niners you know, won ugly against him. But they they played the Niners as well as I think anybody has really. It's like the rec. It's like a, the division of uh, the hot know, of, of you know re- reclamation project quarterbacks. I mean, um, Mariota's look good there now. Sam Darnold's playing in Atlanta. Mar- Darnold's looking good in uh, in Carolina. Um, Brady, I don't know. It, it, is Brady says he's not going to retire? Should he retire? I mean, he's now 45 I, going on 46. I mean, we'll it see. seems like he's not... I mean, they're not doing it offensively. I, I wonder... I, I don't think he's going to be back there. Uh, if if he doesn't retire, I mean, the Brock Purdy emergence, I think, has has really put maybe a little bit of a, a crimp in what his plan could have been, which is try to get here. Now, right. I don't know. I don't know. We haven't really talked about that much. I know. I think I've said to you on on one of the pregame shows that that we've done when I've been on as a guest that I before Purdy had burst onto the scene the way he had. I I expected with questions about Trey Lance and would he be healthy? Is he good enough? Garoppolo out of the fold, and if if Purdy had just been ordinary or not very good in his opportunity, I think. I think Brady would want to set himself up to potentially come here. I think it would have been an offseason of that. You know, would the Niners be interested again this time? Would he want to come try and win one for the team that he grew up rooting for? So I, I, I think Purdy, though, playing as well as he has, maybe changes the calculus there a little bit. I mean, if, if Brady said he wanted to come, would you, would you pivot off of Brock Purdy for Tom Brady at 46? I mean, it sounds crazy. 
to say that you wouldn't want Tom Brady because you have Brock Purdy. But, but they did um, it with Garoppolo in 2019, right? In a lot of ways, you know, and I, you know, I think everything's got decided in that Tampa game. I mean, you know, and Brady came here. He, I don't know if you saw the handshake at the end of the game. He's like, hey, you played great to the kid. But it's almost like Tom was saying, you know what? My chances of finishing here in San Francisco have just gone down the tubes because you're playing so great that why would anybody bring me in? I I don't think if Purdy continues to play at the level he's playing at, which is a big if, um, I don't think you're bringing back Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo or anybody else to play in front of him. Yeah, Garoppolo, I think, is gone. I think we agree on that. I mean, Brady, it just, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you with the way Purdy has looked. Like, it just... Like, the Niners are going to tell Tom Brady no twice? It's pretty incredible. It is incredible. That is pretty incredible. We'll see how it shakes out with, with Brock Purdy there. Uh, you asked for an update on James Wiseman and, and just how he rolled his ankle. Well, I've got an answer for you. So nice. we'll, we'll get to that coming up uh, as we close out. Final segment straight ahead, sponsored by the Odyssey Weather Network. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Demon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Final segment here on a Friday. Final segment of 2022. John Dickinson, Larry Kruger in for Damon and Ratto. Warriors live at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Warriors and the Blazers tonight for Chase. Dubs looking for their fourth win in a row. No James Wiseman out with a sprained ankle. That uh, per the injury report uh, about an hour or so ago. We do have an answer on how he did it, though, Larry. I know you were asking yeah, about that. What was that? The pregame press conference for, for Steve Kerr. Kerr revealed that uh, he rolled his ankle playing three-on-three three this morning. So the Warriors had a shoot-around this morning leading up to this game. No practice yesterday after the back-to-back. Uh, Coach Kerr saying, quote, it doesn't seem too serious, but he'll miss tonight's game. So, yeah, a lot of times guys that aren't playing a lot, and, and Wiseman still is at a point where he's not playing a lot at, at shoot-around or at practices. You... Try and get the cardio up. You play three on three with with other guys that aren't playing a lot. Sometimes coaches, and it sounds like he injured it in in one of those little pickup games. Any speculation on how long they think he'll be sidelined or no? No, not not at this point. It it looks like again not too serious. I would imagine that that could be as as soon as you know maybe Monday or at least a, a couple of couple of games. Yeah. Uh, not not one of these two to four, four to six type situations. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, in football, there's the high ankle sprain and guys are gone for weeks and weeks and weeks as opposed to, you know, uh, something that's a little lower and doesn't have the same, the same severity. Um, and on the Niner front, no Debo this week. They've officially said that he is out. He returned to practice this week, but he's out. And they're saying Elijah Mitchell's practice window is going to open next week. Uh, Shanahan kind of revealed it a couple days ago that, 
they're going to use that final uh, IR returnee uh, spot for Elijah Mitchell, and they're going to try to, you know, hopefully finish playoff games. I would think with Elijah Mitchell running uh, running the ball in the second half. So interesting that you know the Niners have been able to not just get by JD with their back with their third string quarterback. They're thriving. Yes, they are. I mean, they're scoring thirty a game, and they're doing it without Debo Samuel for the most part. Yeah, and now you're going to drop him in, whether it's week 18. I, I wouldn't play him, by the way. Like, Debo, would, would you play Debo against Arizona? No, no, I mean, I heard Kyle say that it's a, it's a uh, you know, it's a trade-off, right? On one hand, you, you're you going to ask these guys to play the biggest game of their year in the playoffs and play exceptionally well. So then it's the rest versus rust debate. And I just think for every position, it's a little different. For a guy like Debo, who's you know played a lot of football and is an incredible warrior, um, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think I would, I would risk putting him out there until the playoffs. Maybe for some other guys, different positions, maybe you want them to stay in a little bit of a rhythm. So, I mean, the guys that I would have on this list would be Nick Bosa, um, definitely Charvarius Ward, because he's got an, a groin pole of some kind. McCaffrey, who's a little dinged up, and they've been you know using him an awful lot. Those three guys, for sure, would be guys that, in these next two games, like if you see the 49ers get a big lead in this game uh, against the Raiders this weekend... I think you may see those three guys coming off the field, or at least not not necessarily you know all together. But I could see their play, their snap count, all three of those guys going down if they have any kind of a lead. And all eyes, of course, are going to be on the game at Lambeau, which will be going on in the afternoon window. The Niners kicking at one o five, Minnesota and Green Bay at one twenty five. And if the Niners win, as everybody expects them to do, so in Vegas against the Raiders and the Vikings lose at Lambeau obviously puts the Packers in a position where where they can uh, get into the playoffs if depending upon what happens with Washington but as far as it, it pertains to the Niners that would give the Niners the driver's seat for the two seed as opposed to the three so that's something uh, late in the year scoreboard watching that's a big deal and don't forget that the one the one seed, the one seed yeah. is there I mean basically what has to happen first of all Jalen Hurts sounds like the ankle still bothering him he wants to get out there it sounds like Sirianni saying no you're not getting out there uh, the Saints come in the Saints have a really good defense as you said and the week 17 is Eagles G-men and I'm not sure I think that's at MetLife I'm not really sure about where that game's going to be played, but you know if the Saints somehow in that in the uh, the morning window can pull the upset against the Eagles, that is going to be pretty pretty interesting. That means that Philly would go into the final week of the regular season needing to win if the Niners went out to uh, hold on to the top spot and home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah, and Philly's home for both of those games. They already played in New York, okay. so they will play so they're, home for they're home for the Saints and the Giants. Just just look that one up in, in week uh, 18 there. So, But you're right, it would open the door if if they end up losing this one to, all right, if Niners win, then they're, then they're in the mix. Uh, Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, he addressed the, the quarterback situation, this sound from this morning, talking about their lead-up to New Orleans on Sunday. We're still sorting through that. Obviously, Jalen had a good practice yesterday um, and went out and, did, and, and looked well, looked like he did some things really well. And uh, um, so still going to sort through all those things. Haven't decided anything yet. We've still got, uh, shoot, we got a couple days. All right, couple days there, but I think that's a disingenuous comment. I really do. I don't think he. I don't think he had any intent. First of all, they they said this exact same thing going into last week's game, and yeah. the people that I know who cover that team said there was never a chance that Hertz was going to play last week. But if you listen to the dialogue and the quotes coming out of Philadelphia, they made it seem like it was a viable option. So he didn't play last week. They're kind of making it sound like in a generic way that he's making progress, but there was no commitment to him playing this week. If you don't see him play this week, there's a chance. I mean, anybody who saw that, it was Travis Gibson, the big defensive end for Chicago. He goes about 270. And he, on a frozen field, mm -hmm. he rolled right on top of of uh, Hertz's throwing shoulder. Uh, to me, it just looked like an obvious separation. They they were very non-specific in what that you know what the severity of that injury is. 
But to me, I mean, I know Gardner Minshew's a gamer and he's kind of gutsy and he's some, he's got some experience, but it's a you know it's a totally different ball game if the Niners get into a game against the Eagles in the playoffs and Jalen Hurts' right shoulder is not one hundred percent. If it's not that that's a, that may be enough to to sway the thing in the Niners' favor. Frankly, even even in what would be an incredible environment in in Philadelphia with you know the joint going crazy and everything there, like I, I almost feel like and who knows? I mean, I think weather as we talked about a couple days ago could play a big role in that. But yeah, if Hurts isn't a hundred percent and they're a little banged up at a couple other areas too i i think that you know that it could get interesting for the niners even there but you're right it, it is and not locked up as far as the one seed just yet the eagles have got to get one more win and i'm kind of with you i think it sounds like Minshew is is playing against the saints the one position that the 49ers feel like defines their football team is the d-line and you got Armstead back and balling. Now you got Javon Kinlaw back, and he's playing well. Um, he said his, he didn't have any swelling in his knee after playing last week. I think he played 16 snaps. So you got Kinlaw ramping up. You got Givens working his way back. They got about five different defensive ends between Ebukam and Bosa and Willis and Drake Jackson and Charles Amen. I mean, they just got a lot of defensive ends, and they can put a lot of heat on the quarterback. Um, and we'll see. I mean, Philly's got a really good offensive line. To me, if you said, what's the what's the big question? If there's one question about the 49ers, um, the big question for me is if the Niners get into a game, and let's say it's the NFC Championship in Philadelphia, can the Niner D-line put pressure on Jalen Hurts behind one of the NFL's better offensive lines? And if they can't, I think Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown probably can make plays in against the Niners secondary. But if the Niners defense can put Rush on the quarterback and speed him up a little bit, I think 49ers are going to beat Philly in Philly. Yeah, I, I think that's what it's about. And then also containing the, the off-schedule stuff and, and the ability of the quarterback to, to run, to, to keep the, that defensive line honest. But you're right, it all starts with the guys up front. And Philly is maybe more equipped than other teams to be able to handle at least the best anybody can handle that that 49er defensive line. The big question I think for the next two days is does Kyle Shanahan you know how does he treat Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa is literally a few sacks away from the NFL record. Yeah. And you know how coaches want coaches are all about their players reaching these milestones and making as much money as possible and getting the incentives in their contracts. But the 49ers are also, you know, this is what, year six of the regime, and they've been around for a while. They they want that bowl, and they know Nick Bosa, a healthy Nick Bosa, is absolutely essential. So do you play Nick Bosa in week 16 and 17, a lot of full com- full complement of snaps and give him a legitimate chance to, to break that, you know, that longstanding NFL record? Or do you prioritize your Super Bowl run and get them off the field as soon as there's some separation in the game? Yeah, I, I, it's something to watch for. It is definitely, and he's sitting at 17 and a half sacks. The record is 22 and a half. So when he's got a shot at it, he's got a shot. Against two yeah. bad teams. You you know, can you get can you get two and three to to tie it? Can you get can you get three and three basically to 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 get or or as you said earlier, maybe it's one game where you get where you get five, and then it's like, oh, can you get one in, in, in week 18? And the one thing that we know is, unless the Niners lose to the Raiders, there will at least be the two seed to play for in week 18. Now, they may not get it, but as long as the Niners win, that the two seed conversation would go, and maybe the one seed also, but at least the two seed conversation would go to the final week. If both teams win, the Vikings would still have to to win again, they play the Bears in Week 18, and uh, at, at Chicago they end where the 49ers started, and then the Niners obviously play Arizona. So there would be at least a reason to say, "Hey, we're we're playing our guys at least at the start to try and you know give the opportunity that you could get the two seed still." You know, you like to say every player is essential, but in reality, you know that's not the case. I would say for the 49ers, the, the absolutely essential players. On the team that you have to have, yeah, to make a Super Bowl run: Trent Williams, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Bosa, Charvarius Ward, and I would throw Jimmy Ward in there. Mm. Uh, I think those six guys 
are absolutely got to have it. You cannot go into the playoffs without those six guys. Um, so, to me, I'm going to be looking at those six guys uh, this week against oh, against uh, Las Vegas, next week against Arizona, to Shanahan, try to get those guys off the field. Um, does, he, does, he, does he lessen their snaps at all? You know, it's a difficult thing to do. Like, a lot of people have said, you know, Shanahan ought to just sit all of his regular... It's football. Well, nobody does it for two weeks. And you can't... Like, that's the other thing. You might do it for one week because you're giving yourself a buy, but nobody's going to do it for two weeks. And I've even heard a lot of, and I mean, you mentioned it a, a couple minutes ago, hey, you know, get up big and pull pull guys out of the game. You, you only have 53 up on game day. Exactly. And the only time teams really do that is you're up like four touchdowns at the start of the fourth quarter. Like, that's really when teams start to do it. Like, teams don't do it even in the third quarter if they're up. 28-3 or 31-3 or, or something like that. Like it, it's, it's a little easier said than done until you start to get inside that final frame and really inside the last 10 minutes. Even a three-touchdown game, you know, if the, if the other team's got the ball, like it's not, you can't just start pulling everybody. Otherwise, you wind up in a, a one-score game with about two, three minutes left, and then you've got guys who are cold on the sideline. So I, I understand it's coming from a good place, from everybody and it's all about health and wanting to be ready but it's easier said than done in the NFL for that reason that you mentioned to to just you know sit on everybody and rest and 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 try and make sure that that you're healthy above everything else it's hard to just finish games doing that Bosa is the is the key guy because you know if you get up big that's when teams have to pass that's typically when the defensive ends start to pile up the sacks so you know if the Niners get up 14 on the Raiders in the second half and you've got immobile Jared Stidham back there that Nick Bosa is going to want to take every single rep uh, in uh, as a pass rusher and yet Shanahan's got to think about the long range uh, you know view of the season so that will be interesting come Sunday all right for all your best content head to YouTube search 957 the game and click subscribe you can see all of our shows live, the best interviews, the most interesting segments, behind-the-scenes content from the Warriors, and more. It's all on 95.7 The Game YouTube page. Subscribe today. Final 10 minutes or so here. John Dickinson and Larry Kruger in for Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game Warriors live at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, you're going to be on pregame on New Year's Day yep. uh, for the Warriors. I'm sorry, for the Raiders. Uh, the Niners and the Raiders. Let me get that straight. Uh, I'm going to be in Vegas. Looking forward to that. Flying out tomorrow. Looks like Southwest is going to come through after a, a chaotic week. I actually just, while uh, we were coming back from the last break, checked in for the uh, 5.30 flight tomorrow to Vegas. So uh, what what are you looking for as far as this game specifically beyond the the rest and trying to keep everybody healthy? Well, I mean, the Raiders need to be respected. I mean, I, I know that sounds like, you know, 49er fans don't necessarily want to hear that. Um, but one, every NFL team needs to be respected to some degree. They can score points. Now, they will have a backup quarterback in there, but this is the NFL's arguably the NFL's best wide receiver. I mean, I think Justin Jefferson would have a little claim to that this year. But Devontae Adams, over the last four or five years, has been the guy. Then you got Renfro. He's got really sticky hands. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a somewhat physical offensive line. Uh, if Waller's healthy, he's always a tough cover. And then you got Josh Jacobs. And Jacobs is, you know, one of the best backs in the game. And um, so it's, it's going to be about stopping Josh Jacobs, getting some separation on the scoreboard, and then putting a lot of heat on a pretty immobile quarterback. As far as the Raiders go defensively, it, there's not a lot there. I mean, the Raiders are the the Niners are the best defense in football. The Raiders are one of the worst defenses in football. Max Crosby is going to be a huge factor, though, um, and and I would he he lines up at left defensive end, so that means he's going to probably get McGlinchey most of the day. Um, and um, well, there you and go. That's, that that right there's a little bit of a concern, yeah, it is. you know, because yeah. Crosby's really good and McGlinchey's has struggled a little bit. Uh, but the rest of the Raider defense, I think, is you know, I think you're going to see the 49ers throw it all over the yard. Uh, the Raiders are really bad pass defense, one of the worst pass defenses in all of pro football. So I like Nate Hobbs, who's the left corner. I'd probably want to stay away from Nate Hobbs. But uh, if you can com- if you can chip Max Crosby, lean your protection towards Crosby, try to neutralize him. 
you know, Bilal Nichols, Andrew Billings, Colin Farrell, you know what I mean? The, the, the one thing that makes the Niner line so freakishly great is you got Bosa, but then you got Armstead, and you got all these other defensive ends. The Raiders, now with Chandler Jones down, they don't have that bookend opposite no. Crosby. So they'll chip Crosby, they'll, they'll take it, they'll know, they'll have a plan to deal with Max all day. Any any concerns about the the New Year's Eve component to this and flying in and I mean I know guys typically on the road once they're in they're in you got team meetings and and you know check in times and and you got to you know, lights out and all of that I mean it really is if you you know covering it I mean you you do know there isn't a lot of free time to be out hanging out especially the night before a game ever uh, the nature of a, an NFL team and the way they operate it really doesn't allow for it much but. New Year's Eve in Vegas is really kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, in a way. <laughs> and they will not be taking advantage of that opportunity. I've already asked some of the players about yeah. that. Um, they will, it's a business trip. You know, the way Kyle has the meeting schedule, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the meetings scheduled, there'll be no time at all. I mean, yeah. you said, you know, you, they, there's a lot going on in Vegas on New Year's Eve. They're not going to experience any, any of it. I don't even think they're going to see it. I, I don't think they're going to see it. I mean, it's, it, you know, unless there's fireworks in the sky, but I don't think they're staying on the strip. Um, and they're, the meetings coincide with, you know, all the festivities and partying. So there'll be none of that. So, yeah. I mean, and, this, and again, you had a one o'clock kickoff on, you know, on, on Sunday. So it's not like you can go out and, you know, get on a bender and <laughs> yeah this will not back. be this will not be john matuzak in super sure. bowl 15 you know lighting it up in the french quarter uh before the you know the night before the game now they'll be they'll be in meetings essentially they might as well play that game on the moon because they're they, you know they yeah. they they have, they'll have no connection to las vegas in any way shape or form other than just yeah, rolling in on the bus at yeah. ten o'clock in the morning and and getting warmed up and and, and ready to go. So uh, it's too bad. I think you know I, I like looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year. You know May it comes out and I looked at oh Forty Nineers Raiders Vegas New Year's Day like that has the potential a couple of playoff teams from a year ago to be one of the bigger games on the schedule. Obviously, still a rivalry. I think to a certain extent for a lot of people in in the Bay that have kept their their Raider fandom. And unfortunately, it just it kind of feels like a dud in, in in a way. I mean, good for the Niners that they're a, a big time favorite and and should go in there and handle business and and win the game and on to the next and the playoff run ahead. But uh, you know, in hindsight, that game being week nine or ten may have been a little more entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I think more than anything with this one is. I would, I would I would hope it would be a run heavy game plan, but the Raiders are are so deficient in their in their pass defense that maybe it's you know Kyle recently has not had run heavy game plans. They've had a, they've been very balanced in what they do offensively. So I would expect more of the same. How um, much does that tell you about Purdy? Like the fact that he's just they're throwing so willing to sling it. Yeah, they're throwing it down the field with Brock more than they threw it down the field before he was there. And he's a rookie, so and to me the 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 biggest revelation of Brock Purdy, it's it's the one five five split on the ten in the ten yard split, which you know basically is a really really fast time, and 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 when you watch him play, you see that escapability, and that's what he has. He's got the ability to extend plays. I remember all the years talking to Greg Cosell about about Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's like, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good late-in-the-down thrower. And what he really meant is that, you know, he drops back to pass, he looks for his first read. If it's not there, you know, what's going to happen is probably not good. Um, Brock Purdy has that escapability to extend plays. He's really good as an improv guy. He was good as an improv guy back in Ames at at Iowa State. So, um so that, that, to me, is the most encouraging part. And the fact that George Kittle, Purdy has hit George Kittle on a number of plays. And Kittle has looked a lot more like Travis Kelsey yeah. the last couple of weeks. I mean, so many Niner fans, J.D., would say, oh, you know, Kittle is so talented, but he just doesn't have the, doesn't, doesn't have the receiving stats because he doesn't have the quarterback. Now he's got a quarterback that seems like he can find him down the seam. The seam throw, which is a has to be a layered throw over the linebacker in front of the DB, is a difficult throw for a lot of quarterbacks. Purdy makes that throw. Yeah, and he's and he's hooking up with Kittle several times on that exact throw. Now he's been he's been very comfortable in doing it, and it's it's unlocked Kittle. I think Christian McCaffrey's unlocked 
everybody, and then they're going to be getting Debo Samuel back and Elijah Mitchell back. So so look out. And the two seed and the one seed are, are still up for grabs here. Final couple of minutes, Xfinity Mobile text line. Larry and JD, uh, if we get some late line movement Sunday, that might be a sign that, that players got after it on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you see something, uh, and maybe you won't see it in Vegas, but maybe you'll see it somewhere else around the uh, around the league. But, you know, that is interesting because you're talking about, you know, every team deals with their players a little differently. Um, the 49ers are, were pretty adamant that they, they were going to have a plan with meetings and sure. uh, so on and so forth to take their guys out of harm's way. But uh, how many people, you know, tie one on New Year's Eve well, and and somewhere would, else around the country and then try to play the next day? And I would imagine, and, and, I, and I may be wrong in this, and I know you were down at, at uh, the 49ers facility the last couple of days and talking to players and the like, but I, I would imagine, you know, any players that may want to be up and, and, and bring in the New Year together in the team hotel probably would be able to do that and then go to bed yeah i mean george kittle said hey you know i'm going to be with my family and you know it's going to be a a nice little nice little get together but they will not be roaming the strip right exactly there's probably some kind of team party that if you want to come down and grab a bite to eat before you head to bed and and you know watch the ball drop on tv or whatever the heck you want to do to celebrate a little bit you can and then you're already home and ready to go to bed you know it's funny the football season obviously is right in the middle of thanksgiving christmas hanukkah new year's so the guys are used to uh playing you know having you know being basically you know on a work schedule during the rest of uh you know when everybody else is celebrating and shanahan's like you know tell your favorite uncle that you want to hear his stories but maybe next week you know (laughs) not this week plenty of time in the middle of february or exactly (laughs) have a nice little post super bowl party yeah no no question well larry it's been great this week couple of times yeah absolutely Uh, do it again monday and we're gonna do it again monday and you'll be on 11 o'clock you 11 a.m to 1 p.m with o'neill from right here in the studio and we'll uh, break down niners raiders and and uh, i'm gonna play the uh i sat down with charvarius ward so we'll play some of that interview on sunday all right sounds good and i'll pop on from allegiant stadium with you guys at some point uh, before one o'clock and uh, it should be a lot of fun i've also got warriors this week tomorrow so join me and whitey gleason for that from 10 10 to 1 before I'm on a bird and headed to Vegas for the 49ers and the Raiders on Sunday. But uh, coming up first is what's coming up next here on 95.7 The Game, which is always brought to you by Fremont Bank. And it is Warriors Live ahead of the Warriors and the Blazers right here at 95.7 The Game. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.